unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Hey, Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And you worked tirelessly all week to get last week's guest to come back on. And at the last minute, he agreed to finally come back on the show. Let the listeners know what we've got coming for them this week. Well, you know, copywriters are really the greatest people in the world, but they can be so hard to get a hold of because of their busy schedule and the irregular hours that they keep. But we managed to talk Brian Kess and Gina to come back. And um, this week, he's going to talk about something just as important as what he talked about last week and maybe even more interesting to people, and that's daily emails. Just to remind you guys who Brian is, um, Brian helps build helps businesses build out their customer acquisition funnels create major breakthroughs in sales and profits and he is formerly mind valley chief copywriter mind valley of course is the eight figure personal development business based in Kuala Lumpur uh, brian's responsible at last count for more than 4 million dollars in revenue coming from his copy in the last 3 years last year 1.3 million just from last year alone for Mind Valley. So Brian has rolled out more than 20 major funnels and some of them are making six or seven figures. And funnels are important, but email is just as important. And maybe email is more important for building the relationship and back-end sales. He's, he's back with us from last week and today he's gonna talk about making money with daily emails. But first, I'd like to talk to you about this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger, my larger clients do this all the time. So, Brian, thanks for doing a new show with us. Welcome. And let's start with the basics. Could you describe what sending a daily email means? Is it literally every day? And how long are they typically? Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me back, David. My uh, um, arm still hurts from how much you twisted it over the, over the last week or so. Uh, trying to get me back on, but just kidding. I, I was always, I'll come back on next week if you want. But, uh, anyway, to, to answer your question, daily emails are important. And I think at the start here, we probably want to just make a, a small statement that I often refer to them as daily emails. And I used to uh, teach that people should mail their list every day if they could. Um, you know, it's not possible for every entrepreneur out there. I mean, Mind Valley, who I formerly worked for, has. Uh, has an entire content team, an entire copywriting teams. So they send out multiple emails every day. If you've signed up for one of their funnels, you'll know that. But uh, it's not for every business. The most, most important thing is, I think, and you mentioned this before, um, uh, it's about building the relationship and sending emails every single day. While it does work, you know, it's not always in all cases about that. So I don't advise 
all the time in all cases to send email every day. Uh, certainly do it if you can or if there's reason to. The biggest part is if you've got reason to, if you've got something to say. That's one, that's one of the most important things. So, but I just want to clarify, uh, we often talk about daily emails uh, and it just means the broadcast emails. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean you have to send email every day. But there's different frequencies of sending depending on your business situation. No, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm really glad you said that. I know it might have sounded like a stupid question to you, but it, it was an honest one. Um, I've heard some people, you know, talking about daily emails the same way they would talk about reading Bible verses every morning, like it's a religion. Yeah. Like you yeah. have to do that, or maybe you would be, you know, condemned to fires in your afterlife or something yeah, yeah, um yeah. and so i thought well is it always that way i bet it isn't and so i'm i'm glad you said that i mean can you give me some kind of idea of uh, aside from the resources and the resources are you know you by resources i don't just mean money i mean time energy skill availability of subject matter aside yeah. from uh, assuming you can work those things out, you can find someone to write them, you can pay for that person. How do you decide uh, if you should mail daily or how often you should mail? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. Um, I I think you're probably incapable of a dumb question, but that that also was a really good one um, because right, uh, <laughs> because um, it really varies business by business. It's one of those things which. Uh, you know, the the answer, which uh, isn't very satisfying for most clients, yeah, but it, it's it's the correct answer is it depends. You know, it depends on, on all those factors that you mentioned before. There's a rule of thumb uh, that I go by. And basically, for if you're not sure, it's probably about three emails per week. That's probably a good amount. I've just started up with a, an e-commerce client in the last month or so. Um, and I'm writing his daily emails. So, and he's actually uh, never emailed his list. He's done really well already with uh, with different other marketing methods. Oh, you were telling me about them before, right? Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think I mentioned that one before. Uh, he's doing doing really well. So, so uh, these emails are already exploding his revenue. And we're just doing basically three emails per week because we don't know, you know, how responsive the list will be over time whether they really want to come back and, and buy more products or whether their problem has already been solved. So we're just kind of testing the waters with, with that rule of thumb, three emails per week. You can send one to two emails per week if, if that's all you really want to send. I would not send any less than one per week simply because, you know, after seven days of not hearing from you, you know, your prospects are so busy in their lives that they've, uh, you know, we we our, our businesses are not held in such high regard in their lives that they that they're waiting for us, <laughs> you know, to send out their emails. There's a handful of of uh, email lists where you know if the email doesn't come in, the uh, then you wonder where is the today's email from that guy or girl. But but those those email lists are few and far between. Mostly they forget about about us after a few days. Okay, so uh, you said something earlier which caught my attention then i i think you said daily email is a generic term it doesn't literally mean seven days a week it means more mm. like scheduled email but daily email is a yeah, yeah, yeah. easier way to say it or hear it and i, I like the term better so yeah. 
when was the first time you started or took over a daily email program? And can you talk about any results? The first time I took over uh, a, a sizable uh, daily email writing um, cadence was, was at Mindvalley. And they have a number of copywriters there, and, we, and we've sort of taken it in turns at different times. Let me think back to uh, when the first time that was. It was uh, I started at Mind Valley as a copywriter in 2015, and it, it was interesting because the uh, um, uh, you know because I was like in awe of, of the copywriters who were there because they were producing these amazing results. And then there, there was a, a senior copywriter there who uh, his wife was extremely pregnant, and this this big uh, promotion was coming up in in December of uh, 2015. It was uh, a course by Marissa Peer and it was, she's a hypnotherapist and it was her first uh, course, her first launch on, on the Mind Valley platform. Then all of a sudden it turned out that uh, his wife had the baby. I'm, I'm not sure if it was early or not, but uh, um, obviously he had to take his uh, paternity leave at that point. And then with about uh, two days, about 48 hours notice, I was uh, suddenly on that campaign writing those daily emails. So that's when I started writing, where, you know, this email goes today and I'm going to talk about this today. Um, this content piece goes today uh, on, in two days, so I'm going to uh, talk about that. And um, that's what happened with that, with that promotion. It was at the start of that promotion and uh, it ended up doing about $1.4 million in revenue over that time. So uh, that, was, that was kind of my... Um, uh, sink or swim moment at Mind Valley. Yeah, and uh, looks like you you came out swimmingly too. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we we've already um, I think agreed that it's the daily email doesn't have to be one every day, doesn't have to be seven a week, but it has to be regular. I'm bet to many business owners the idea of sending out an email to customers even once a week borders on the unimaginable, yeah. right? Yeah. So what do you say to clients to reassure them that what they send will be welcomed by their customers and that mm. they'll have enough to write about or that you would if you were the copywriter? Yeah, there's a couple of points here. Uh, if you're talking about enough to write about, the subject matters that uh, there's, there's always another um, angle that, that we can come up with um, for something. And if they're... Um, uh, if if there's no real angle that that, that we can come up with, then uh, then we can always just run a straight sales promotion. So <clears throat> there's never a shortage of of anything to write. You know that that's that's my job to find that find something to write. The real reason and the real psychology behind people's reluct, reluctance to actually send out these emails regularly, you know, besides the content or the uh, the resources question, is uh, um, to answer the the question about being too uh, too salesy or too much too uh, too much with the, the pictures, what I say to them is to think back to um, uh, different email lists that they've unsubscribed from, um, and we've all done that, and uh, we've uh, been annoyed by this person's emails and we're not reading them anymore. Um, so we hit the unsubscribe link. That's that's perfectly normal. Comes with the territory. But the reason why we unsubscribe from those lists is probably not uh, because they're pitching too much. So it's not because they're, they're too salesy. The reason that we unsubscribe from those lists is, be, uh, well, there's various reasons, but, but mostly it's, um, <clears throat> it's like it's not uh, aligned with, uh, with what, what we're interested in at the moment. You know, 
that's one of the main things that they're not providing value. That's one of that's one of the biggest things, especially if you're an information business. You know, you, you're providing content and, and blog posts and all stuff like that. The reason we've unsubscribed from these other lists is not because they're they're, they're pitching too much, but because we're they weren't providing us value. So we need to get some value uh, as an email subscriber from that from that person. And I first heard this from uh, from Brian Dice. He said that. You know, you uh, make a deposit in the emotional bank account uh, before you can make a withdrawal. Yeah. So that's very important. That one line just puts it all into perspective for me. Makes it make sense. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. So if you've got a, a business owner, and we have a lot of business owners who listen to the podcast, so for that person who's working with a copywriter, what advice would you give them, and especially... How do they need to shake their thinking loose a little bit, make it a little easier on the copywriter, and make the results come out better for themselves? Well, I can certainly understand that uh, business owners who have these worries that you're talking about because you know their, their business is something they've worked really hard for, and they bring in. I can understand the perspective of bringing in a new a new copywriter who they may not um, uh, trust a million percent uh, to you know communicate with their lit. Their, their customers and their, and their tribe, you know, the way they'd like to. So the, the, the advice that I have for them is try and, get, try and get past all that. It's easier said than done, but if you've brought on a copywriter who has a good track record, you know, they have, uh, they have uh, good sales results, they are um, probably referred to you by, by a friend who knows who, what a good copywriter is and they, they have a good reputation, that doesn't happen by accident, you know. Um, it's built up over many years of study and, and working hard and, and getting these results. That's why that copywriter is uh, in the particular status that they are and probably charging appropriately. So I guess, you know, probably you can use a rule of thumb. It's the more the copywriter charges, uh, the more you should trust them uh, with your email copy. Okay, that, that's fair. I like that. And especially since the copyright is going to suggest things that the business owner may not be familiar with. Then there's yeah. another kind of business owner that listens to this podcast. And this may be the majority of business owners. They're more do-it-yourself kind of people. What would you suggest? I know you could probably do a three-day seminar on this. So maybe just you know starting blocks, starting points. Yeah. What would you suggest to that business owner who wants to do daily, regular emails himself as the starting point. It's extremely valid for them to start off uh, doing that, you know, especially before they have the resources to, to bring on a professional copywriter. But as you grow in scale, uh, everyone wants to grow their business. So, um, but, but some things just don't scale. Like, 
if you're uh, if if let's put it this way, if you are a cog in your machine, you eventually become the clog in your machine um, mm. as you grow in scale and become more complex. Um, Love that. Uh, the example that that I often point to is the Mind Valley CEO Vishen Lakiani, who we talked about last week. Uh, he's a really smart marketer and he's a, a really excellent copywriter too. He really knows his stuff. He will usually put his his final finishing touch, on some, well, at times anyway, on, on some of the emails that we send out just so they're absolutely perfect for him. Um, but yeah. it doesn't happen very often. Mostly he, he trusts his copywriting team and they get results. But, yeah, think about it. Vision is uh, a really good copywriter. He really knows. He, he used to write all the stuff for Mindvalley. But now he's he's working on the business itself, uh, building up the strategy and all that, building the brand. Um, he has copywriters on his team. So while it's very important to, to know what good copy looks like, if you've got it, someone, someone doing it for you, that's when you can really grow your business and scale and get those big results. Uh, don't become that, uh, that blocker which is inhibiting your own growth. Okay, that's good advice. And finally, if a copywriter wants to approach a client, about doing a daily email program, what are some suggestions you would have about how to go about this? The best way to, uh, for a copywriter to get clients like this is pretty much the best way that a copywriter can get clients for any projects if they're, if they're writing a funnel or writing a webinar or whatever. The, the truth is that these things often come by referral. Um, so you know, the um, unpopular answer is that, you know, it takes time to build up to this, this stage where people will refer you to their friends and, and colleagues. That's the non-easy answer, everyone's. But uh, uh, if you want to jump into this right away and you're uh, more of a, in a beginner stage as a copywriter, you don't, you don't have uh, all these, uh, all these uh, uh, results on, on your resume that you can speak to, it's tough to, to, to really start doing things for free you could you could have a go at writing some emails uh, and uh, you know uh, see what happens so you could take a job on spec you could write uh, emails for a person for a week and 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 uh, and see what happens with that result other than that it's it's that really difficult job of a copywriter of bringing in clients without looking like you're prospecting because you know uh, they they say to themselves if this copywriter is so good why is he prospecting for clients so that's a, that's the uh, tricky situation. Yeah. No, I, I I like your answer, and I suggest that to people too. And I've done that myself. And everyone I know who's really successful has done that at one point or some mm. version of of that. Of basically be willing to work on spec or for free for a limited time, just to yeah, get yeah. some experience under your belt. So I'm sure you've seen some big mistakes people make with daily emails. What are some of them? Probably the biggest mistake that I see is what we talked about a bit before. Uh, all the emails are pitch, 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 um, always trying to sell something. This is not to say that we shouldn't sell something because we've got a good product. We, uh, customers value, we should do all we can to, to help them get it. But uh, like I said, you know, you've got to provide value to the person. Like um, Nobody has gotten up this morning and said, hmm, I think I will uh, sign up to a funnel today. So right. that has never happened before, I don't, I don't reckon. So, well, it does happen when, when people do this funnel hacking thing. But, uh, but uh, with, in real life, people are signed up to a list to, to get value out of it. You know, they might be getting well, information. I, I, 
I, I just want to say there's a time in my life, and I know I'm not unique in this, when I would wake up and one of the first things I'd think of is, hmm, what did Ben Settle have to say today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's only one of him. I, I know a lot of other really good writers, and I've never been particularly looking forward to their yeah, daily. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was saying before about the, the few uh, and far between email lists that people want to be on. Like uh, uh, Justin Brooke is one of mine who, you know, whenever his emails uh, don't come out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, wonder, wonder what he's doing today because I know he travels a lot uh, uh, with his family around, around the US and he's got, always got adventures. He's talking about that kind of stuff and relating that to marketing. So his email list is one that, uh, that, uh, that I value being on because I get value from that. The question to ask is how can you provide that value to the people who are signing up to your list? Yeah, it's it's a good question. It may be the eternal question because <laughs> as as much as we can come up with rules of thumb for that, uh, someone else is going to invent something different tomorrow that we never thought of. But from your experience, Brian, could you share some inside secrets that no one talks about to make daily emails work? Yes, yes. Uh I've got a, I've, I've got a few things that that I use routinely. For me, the layout of an email is important. So uh, this is something that I've, I've gotten proven res- results from. If I could show you um, some of the heat maps that I've seen, and uh, a heat map is with, it puts different colours on the page, for those that don't know, depending on where people click. And it shows you literally where they click. And uh, some of your autoresponders will have this service and some won't. Um, for example, Mindvalley um, uses one called Maripost, which is a a really big enterprise, one that, that has it, and it shows you um, literally where everyone clicks on it. What you can get from these click maps, and that's the correct terminology for it, is uh, um, you can see where people are clicking. And what I noticed, and this is, you know, the amount of traffic that Mindvalley gets and the amount of emails they send out, this shows that this is a, a good result that, that you can bank on. What, what they showed is that there's actually... Um, there's actually a sweet spot near the top of an email where, um, where uh, uh, almost all the clicks are. And this is something that, that I, I've rarely talked about. I've, I've talked about it in a, in a couple of uh, very small private masterminds, one with Lucas Rusheski and uh, Bond Halbert. But this is something that I wanted to start teaching because it's, a, it's what I literally call the sweet spot. You know, there's a little bit of copy at the top of an email. This is how you allow your email. A little bit of copy, up to three to five lines at the absolute most. Then under that is your sweet spot. So map this out on a piece of paper if you want as well because under the, that initial short copy at the top, you want a, a hyperlink to your main call to action, whatever that is, the sales page or the blog post, whether the video, whatever you're linking to. That's crucial. Uh, because that, in conjunction with an image, you have an image directly below that link, <clears throat> and it's a relevant image, of course, and, and you can click on the image, of course. That link and that image will get 80 to 90% of the clicks on that email. That's sort of be drawn into that area. Well, okay, but if it weren't there, would you have gotten the same number of clicks from the link at the bottom, or does it increase the total number of clicks? Do Have you ever done an A-B split on that? Yeah, yeah, we've done quite a bit of testing on this. We've done uh, split testing on, on different versions. And uh, if I could reveal, reveal the, those results that Mindvalley has gotten, that, then you'd be amazed. That what we found is that, the, uh, um, that even when we don't have that, 
you know, the, the links at the bottom of an email um, get hardly any clicks anyway. So with either version, that they, they're just, it just goes down. People, people don't scroll even with emails. What we found is that uh, when we have this combination of, of a link and an image together in the top third of an email, that's your sweet spot, and that's what that's what gets more links every time, more link clicks well, every uh, time. Yeah, I've I've never heard that before. It makes perfect sense. Of course, it's you know it's a, a dagger in the heart of a copywriter because you think <laughs> that oh my gosh, they're going to want to read my brilliant email, but um, maybe yeah, they, yeah. maybe they, they'll, they'll just click. So okay, that's that's what they really do. Wow, th- this has been an incredibly valuable interview. Thank you for you know, busting some myths, bring some common sense to this and, and sharing all of your hard-won knowledge, Brian. It was great. Oh, I appreciate you having me on again. Yeah. And once again, how can people find out about your your podcast where I'm the <clears throat> first guest? <laughs> yeah, you're the first guest and uh, first of many, hopefully. And it's called, uh, appropriately enough, Geniuses of Copywriting. Uh, so, uh, geniuses of <laughs> that's that's the effect that it's supposed to hit. Uh, it's at geniusesofcopywriting.com and and on iTunes and all the uh, relevant locations. So that's where you can find your awesome interview and and find out more about me. Well, thanks for joining us, Nathan. Unless there's anything else, maybe we can call the day. I think it was another fantastic episode. I really appreciate you coming on, Brian. And uh, make sure that you're also checking out the copywriterspodcast.com. And we will catch you next time. See you next time. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, David. If you found this show valuable and you'd like to get it in the ears of other people, the best way to do that is to subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes.